0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB.
1: We're seeing a lot less of that and more of the way we want to play, which is the, the right way, which we saw tonight. Holding the team, the opposition down to chance against, shots against, and just playing the right way. So those first ten games, it was you could see some... Just some things that they were playing, like last year, and we're seeing a lot less of that. So we're going to keep getting better.
0: As head coach Rick Bonus, after last night's game, a 7-2 defeat of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets wrapping up that road trip uh, with four out of six points. Jim Toth, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Is madness on the weekend.
0: Wild madness. and crazy madness. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am I would say the Grey Cub loss stung more, but, uh, man, that – that goal by Jonathan Davies at the World Cup it was one of my all-time favorite sports moments. Uh, but you know, Croatia's just a much better team than Canada. There's no other way around it. And then, of course, the situation on Friday with Connor Hellebuck, Jamie Ben, and all that that's other the stuff. madness
2: I was talking about. Oh, I mean, okay, <laughs> oh, that's the madness. madness of the World Cup is, but that's I'm calling it the mask madness. That's what I'm going. Wow, well, we're gonna
0: get into that at twelve thirty. I mean, it's like you know, Jim. This is like when something like that happens. That's just so juicy on like a on like a Friday night. I'm like, all right. You know we might, but listen, the the, the talk is just as 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 uh, as big as forever. And uh, hey, listen, we got a guest uh, on right now, uh, second star of the week in the NHL. This just introduced uh, bringing on Josh Morrissey, just defenseman onto the show. Hey, Josh, how you doing?
1: Hey guys, I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Awesome, awesome stuff. Thanks, thanks so much for for popping on the show. I mean, second star of the week in the NHL, Josh. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on the internet. They're nicknaming you Josh Morrissey. Uh, you know things are starting to look up, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's 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 awesome. Uh, I love that the fans are, are getting a kick out of that and um you know, obviously the, the second star of the week is uh, is a huge honor, something uh, I haven't done in my career before. Um so it's uh yeah, it was a good week and, and more importantly, uh you know, a good week, good positive week for our team
2: yeah congratulations Josh. seven points uh two overtime game winners goals assists um uh, 23 points in 20 games uh congratulations on the great start to the season what what do you sort of attribute it to
1: um you know i think first of all uh you know playing with great players um you know we have so many talented players on our team uh on our back end d partners etc and um You know, when you get to play with great players, uh, good things are going to happen for you as well. And, um, you know, also the coaching staff, I think the the obvious changes that we've made to our game this year, um, you know, really activating the D and and becoming a lot more aggressive um, in all areas of the ice and also having the support of of layers where, you know, I I have the confidence to, to be aggressive and all of our D have the confidence to be aggressive because we have, you know, a forward um, supporting us and vice versa at the right time. So, you know, all of those things I think have, um, you know, really uh, helped, you know, all of us and our team off to a good start. And um, individually, I, I think the, the style of game really, really suits my um, skill set, I guess. And uh, outside of that, I mean, like I've always said, and, you know, those that I've talked to for a long time in the media here um you know, I'm always just trying to work on my game and trying to improve, and you know, find ways I can get better. And um, I worked hard in the off and it's nice to be off to to a good start.
0: Do you have to put some more uh, work on some of your breakaway moves? I mean, I think you might be putting a little bit too much film out there, Morrissey. So maybe you have to miss the next couple just to uh, <laughs> just to put some confusion out there. No, you've been well, great. I,
1: I went glove, and then I went five hole. So I mean, maybe it's time to mix in a deke, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's nice that on those you don't have too much time to think. You can just, you know, you have someone chasing you and you're you're under pressure. I, I think uh, you know things change a little bit once you get into a shootout when you don't have anybody chasing you but um yeah i hope i score the next year see so your point.
2: <laughs> or or is it time to make something new in opposing goaltenders you don't know you don't know if he's going to go back to what works or if there's a dig. so keep them guessing uh, i wanted to touch on that a little bit josh um i think often when we cover the game or, or fans watch it we see a guy go for three or four years and sort of think that's what they are. I think you're a prime example of what you just touched on there is, is I think sometimes media and maybe fans forget that you're continuing to develop, even though that you're in, you know, well into your NHL career, most players are working on stuff every off season to get better. And, and you're no different.
1: Well, I think that's, I think that should be the goal for everybody for sure. I mean, um, you know, I've always felt that it's a process and, um, you know, even off to a good start this year, I certainly, there's a bunch of stuff in my game that I feel I need to work on and things that I can get better at and, you know, maybe do more consistently or execute more consistently. So, you know, to me, that's the fun part of the game. Um, obviously is, is sort of that pursuit of trying to improve all the time. And, and, you know, I really enjoy that. And, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time in the off seasons working with, with Shice and, um, you know, basically trying to improve, you know, every aspect of my game, not just offensively, but defensively and, and other areas. And as I said, there's a, a lot of improvement. I, th- I, think that's still available, but, uh, you know, I, I, looking at my own career, I think, um, when I came into the team, there really wasn't an opportunity for me to play too much of an offensive role. And if I wanted to be on the team, uh, you know, I had to, to, you know, take, I guess, what was available and, um, you know, with guys like Buff and Myers and his prime and Toby Enstrom and whatnot. So, um, you know, my game, I think, has evolved. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to continue to work and improve. And, you know, again, so much of individual success is, you know, playing with, with great players and being given opportunity and the confidence from the coaches. So, um you know like i said it's a good start but all it is is a start and um there's lots of stuff i want to keep working on and as a team we we you know need to continue to work on as well
0: yeah i mean some of those things uh you know you guys certainly have been able to do i mean just look on the recent road trip and i wanted to ask you this uh i know that uh pierre luke he put out that photo of you guys out of the cowboy stadium for the thanksgiving game there in dallas uh, coming off a difficult game against the Wild, uh, did that help out, you know, the guys just kind of taking it easy, going out watching a football game, um, you know, relaxing, you know, just enjoying each other's company? I mean, I mean, how much does that help in the over the span of a long season, just, you know, the guys being able to just sort of step out of the the world of hockey and just kind of be back, being sports fans, being just, you know, normal, everyday, average Joes. Not that you guys aren't, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Totally. No, yeah. I think it, it was a game that had been planned for a long time. I mean, it wasn't sort of a, You know, hey, we had a a, you know bad game and a a tough loss, and we're going to go do something. But um, you know, I I think the overall theme of getting together as an entire team and as a group as much as possible, and um, we've really put an emphasis on that. That's been something that, from the players, from the you know more veteran guys, and from the coaching staff, that's been an emphasis really since the summer when when Bones took over was um, you know being trying to become a family and have that sort of atmosphere in the locker room. And, um, you know, it's inevitable. You play 82 games, you're going to, you know, have some tough nights. And sometimes it's going to be, you know, uh, a difficult situation. You might go through stretches where you play really well and you just can't find a way to win or you play terribly and and have a night like we did in Minnesota. But, uh, you know, it's, it's picking up your teammates and being together. I think that, helps those games uh you know become one-offs and not string together you know that's the time to be closer together as a group not not uh you know separate at all so um you know that was a a great day a fun time to go to that game and for me uh you know to the chagrin probably of many listeners i'm you know a cowboys fan since i was a kid so it's pretty cool to go to that game but uh
2: you oh know, man, this bro. interview is over. You gotta yeah. go. This is actually I'm a Bears fan, so you can stay. It doesn't matter.
1: I figured as much. So, uh, and, but anyway, it, it just really has been. You know, we've done a lot more of that stuff this year than than any other year I've I've been on the team, and um, I think it's really important. Josh, we have to
2: ask you, uh, you know, I was on the po- pre and post game with Kelly Moore last night on our station and, and Connor Hellebuck's audio ran and, and, you know, he mentioned himself, I'm glad I didn't have to talk Friday night after what transpired in Dallas. And and this isn't to harp on the NHL or I think the eloquency that, that um, Connor spoke with the next day is really what we should all be focusing on. What would you change if anything with the rule or how it was called when the mask came off?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know first of all it's you know kudos to our media team um and Helly for you know realizing that the emotion and everything else probably wasn't the right time to have the interview after the game and and certainly the next day uh you know you can sit back and, and really formulate a uh, an answer as he did and answers and um i heard a little bit of it and i thought it was awesome um uh, and he and he really i think got his point across in the best way possible but you know, my my interpretation of the rule, uh, I mean, I mentioned in my post-game interview, um, you know, there's no doubt that I made contact with Ben and as a result, or partially as a result, he made contact with Kelly, and um, his mask ended up coming off. You know, I think if, let's say, that that puck was on its way into the net, or, you know, within the next sort of split second, there was a tap and goal in the crease, like... You know, would the helmet of coming off affected that? I don't think so. Um, But, you know, as the rule states, I believe if there's an imminent scoring chance, um, the whistle isn't to be blown as far as I know, and if I'm wrong, correct me. But, uh, you know, when the puck goes behind the net and no one has control of it and it's rattling around, you know, behind the net, um, I'm not sure that that's still a scoring chance to me. That'd be an opportunity to blow the whistle. Um, You think about player safety... I mean, <clears throat> you know, that puck squirts out into the slot and Robertson rips it. Um, you know, obviously the result is it goes in the net, but, you know, it easily could have been deflected off a stick or, or you know, a skate or something like that and, and gone right at his head. And, um, you know, that's certainly not a position that we want any player in, certainly a goalie. Um, so to me, that's if it was – I think they need to look at it. I think that that's a situation where – You know, as soon as the goalie's helmet comes off, um, if you make it pretty cut and dry, that, you know, there's a whistle. Um, I I think that everyone around the league could live with that role. I mean, it's kind of wild when you think about it. If a player's helmet comes off, they either have to put it back on or get off the ice immediately. Uh, So for a goalie to have his helmet come off, uh, I mean, do we expect him to put his helmet back on and then make that save? Or. Uh, you know, again, do we um, expect him to skate off the ice and hope that David Riddick's ready to go on the bench? I mean, it's just not yeah. feasible. So so that's really, I think, a, a rule that maybe could be amended there.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- th- my thought on it when I was watching it, I mean, the fact that Jamie Benn, who, you know, I don't – you know, let's just—I, you know—I think everybody knows Jamie Benn. I mean, you probably know him a heck of a lot better than me, Josh. But I don't think he did a great job. I mean, he made sure that he ran into Hellebuck. I, I'm not going to ask you your opinion on that. You can keep that one to yourself. But if if that's an if that's an impending scoring opportunity, and and Jamie Benn doesn't even get an assist on that goal, that's that is the if that's an impending scoring opportunity, that's exactly the time a goalie is at the highest risk of being hit with a puck. That's just the way that I'm looking at it. And I, I'm, I'm confused with this, you know, I don't know what the spirit of the rule is. Um, it's just, uh, it, it was, a, it was just a very frustrating situation and we got to let you go here, but I wanted to just really quickly ask you, you know, you, you have a big situation like that, um, you know, from a, from obviously a very controversial moment, how do you get ready? How do you get yourself back in the mindset of like, listen, we got to go out there the overtime. We still got a point against these guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think um, we have a, uh, a, uh you know, very tight-knit team and our coaching staff is, is calm back there and our leadership is, is calm as well and in those situations I mean we faced a similar task a few nights prior when we you know gave up the lead to Carolina and you know we said the same thing on the bench then I mean obviously you you would have loved to lock both of those games down and just uh you know walk out of there uh after 60 minutes with wins but um you know what are you going to do just stop playing because, uh, you know, they scored a late goal. I mean, there's still two points on the table and, and that was really, um, almost word for word what was being said on the bench. So, um, you know, fortunately we were able to come out with, with two wins there, but, um, you know, I think even in my own career, that's something that I've gotten better at, um, uh, you know, stuff happens out there. It's a game of mistakes and a game of, of, uh, you know, sometimes chaos and, you know, what you, you can't, uh, you know, let those things affect you. You just have to move on and play the next shift. And it's easier said than done for sure. But when you have uh, a full team on the bench and staff, you know, kind of echoing the same things. And, uh, you know, I said it after the Carolina game, like I'm going onto the ice for overtime to start that overtime uh, against Carolina, you know, uh, Mikey Isomont, Dylan Sandberg are, you know, pumping me up to get going out there you know two young guys with not a ton of experience and you know it'd be easy for them to be quiet and you know obviously kind of shell-shocked at the fact that we just blew those lead but i think that kind of uh mentality through our entire team is, is is something pretty special and um you know what we're trying to build here
0: yeah josh morrissey second star of the week uh really really appreciate you taking the time josh you take care okay
2: Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right. He'll be back. Thanks, Josh. Congrats. Now now we can just look at those young guys and say, feed me, boys.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate it. Let's take a break. We'll come back. By the way, I see the text messages. We're going to get into this a little bit more because, Jim, I like to think I'm a calm person. I don't watch the games with as much as as I used to, but I almost ripped the television off of its spokes. Man, we'll right if back. we
2: could, if we could include this talk with some oiler talk, you'd be
0: all right. Oh God. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on six, CJOB.
2: I think there's two passes and I don't know if Jamie Ben even got a point on that play. So, and that was the, the initial guy who hit me and got the puck. So four seconds, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can get a, we could have got a shot on the other net in four or five seconds. I and mean, that tells you how much ice you can cover. Um, the media is, I mean, like I've been saying, it needs the puck needs to be going in the net or on its way in the net or a guy is in the act of finishing a, a puck on the net, and that was none of that.
0: That was Connor Hellebuck uh, following uh, practice on Saturday. Of course, um, I'm talking about the game on on Friday that the Winnipeg Jets were about to defeat the Dallas Stars five four uh, in overtime and. You know, and, and, and Scott, Minnesota, Texas Show, 204-780-6868. Uh, great show, he says. Regarding the officiating, NHL officiating is unbelievably inconsistent. Do you think the league que- uh, cares, question mark? I'm convinced they don't. I think the league likes all of the attention and discussion. Following the controversial calls or non-calls, uh, this problem could be fixed, improved with work, but the NHL needs to make it a priority. That from Scott in Minnesota. Um, as I said, coming out of that last break, we were speaking to Josh Morrissey. Again, if, if you miss that conversation, you can find it on our podcast, on uh, uh jets at noon you can find it on apple you can find it on spotify but friday's game was a master class uh by the win by the nhl offic- officials on uh, how to completely botch a game without i mean the things that they missed over the course of that game that one should be taken in they should be taped the tape of that game should be put into a vault and and then it should be shown uh, to uh, NHL uh, refs, potential NHL refs, who want to eventually become uh, you know National Hockey League uh, officials at some point because it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Shame. It was an absolute shame the Stars got a point on that game. And we're stuck here again, once again, looking at a rule in the NHL rulebook that is, a, that is gray on purpose – That is intentionally vague, where we have to find reasons as to what the meaning of any of these words are when they're intentionally gray area and they're intentionally vague. I mean, this is the rule. When a goalkeeper has lost his helmet and or face mask and the opposing team has control of the puck, play shall only be stopped if there's no immediate and impending scoring opportunity. So... As, as fans and television watchers who watch that game, we are meant to believe that an impending scoring opportunity is involved with a scramble in front of the net, a series of passes, a pass back to the point, and then a shot on net. That is considered by the National Hockey League and the officials on the ice. I'm not sure it was something you could even challenge, um, but that was considered an, an, an impending scoring opportunity. So I, 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 I don't know what to think of it. I don't know what to think of it. And... And as I said to Josh Morris in the last segment, isn't an immediate and impending scoring opportunity exactly the time a goaltender is at the highest risk of being hit by a puck? The spirit of the rule, as I would read that as somebody that is oozing, I like to think of, with common sense. Maybe you disagree with me, Jim Toth. Maybe you don't, listeners. Um, But as somebody oozing with common sense, the spirit of that rule is exactly what Connor Hellebuck said following practice. The spirit of that rule is: if the puck is a tr- is is loose in front into the crease and is just spotted into the net, not an entire sequence of four seconds with a series of passes where Jamie Ben, who does his best to not get out of the way of Connor Hellebuck, by the way, I think everybody knows exactly what was going on there. It that is considered an impending scoring opportunity. He doesn't even get an assist on it. He doesn't even get an assist on it. Is that the spirit of the rule? A loose puck in the like. Hellebuck was right. He was right.
2: Here's the thing,
0: and Jim, please take save me from myself. Please let me hand it off to you.
2: Look, this was I was going to have a nice Friday evening. I took in the game, and then I was in disbelief, like everybody else. And I thought, you know what? I'll listen to the audio in the morning, and we got a game Sunday, and I'm just going to have a nice, relaxing Friday. I'm like, well, now I got to listen to the post game on Six Eighty CGBN. Kelly Moore and John Shannon kick this around, and John Shannon said, in the spirit of the rule the right play was called. And I, I'm and we were on the pregame yesterday too, and I, I disagreed with John. But John did say this. So from what I read from how the game was interpreted on Friday is you expect Connor Hellebuck to get up and face that shot with no mask on. And John said, yes, that's what the rule is asking him to do. And I said, that's asinine. If a skater loses his helmet, he has to go directly to the bench. He can't poke the puck forward. He can't try to defend. His helmet comes off. He's got to get off the ice. So to me, a pending and immediate scoring opportunity, and what this is from, Cam, is I remember a couple of years ago in the playoffs, I forget who it was, but would shake their mask off at any time there was a scramble in front of the net. And it just, when things got hectic, he'd make a save and then bodies would start flying. He would just shake his head violently and the mask would come off and the play would be blown dead. So that's why the wording of this rule exists. But the problem with it is this, exactly what you and most common sense people say. The minute that puck goes from to behind the net to two passes being made, there's no pending and immediate scoring opportunity. And the last thing the NHL should want is for a guy to get up with no mask on and face that kind of shot. So it's wrong. And it was interpreted wrong. The the immediate and pending scoring opportunity is if Halibut goes down like that and is laying there and the puck is in the crease and Dallas players have an opportunity to tap it in. Once that is gone, which I assume happens when the puck goes behind the net, it's over. Blow the whistle. It's just common sense. Yeah. And the idea that two passes can be made, or like John Shannon was saying in the spirit of the law, that the rule, that's how our scoring opportunity, it's not a delayed penalty you what if two passes can be made why not five
0: well that's exactly my like it, point it, totally
2: it it's not interpreted correctly and in what i believe the spirit of it is and even in the wording i'll argue is pending and immediate if pending and immediate goes away when that puck goes behind the net and a pass is made
0: it should be immediate there's no
2: pending or immediate scoring opportunity then so they're going to look at this, and I again, how Connor Hellbuck spoke on Saturday was so eloquent, and he he is on the c- committee. He's on the goal t- Player Safety Committee, and we'll be speaking to this again. It's just ironic that Saturday afternoon, Calgary was in Carolina, and Dan Villard's in net for the Flames. Yep. A shot comes and hits him right in the mask, and he makes the save, and he looks down, and he tries to corral the puck, and his mask comes off, so he can't see the puck. A Carolina player gains possession immediately, and he turns to look for a pass, and they blow it dead. Because in my understanding of the rule, the the only thing that Carolina player can do to continue to play is fired on net. And if he chooses not to, then the play is dead, because there's no pending and immediate scoring opportunity now that you've turned away with the puck. So the Carolina game a a day later was called correctly. They massively blew that call. And if John is right, in the spirit of the rule, it's to get a goalie up to face a shot without a mask. That's asinine.
0: Oh, it's insane. It's awesome. so if People die. So this Jim. was
2: a blowing call. And I'm not surprised, Cam, because as egregious as that blowing call was, I still can't believe in the second period, four officials on the ice had no clue a puck touched the mesh. And they had to review it and and bonus had to call for it. So again, like that's even more egregious. How four officials on the ice don't know where the puck is.
0: I I don't understand what was going on in that game. I I don't I think they were I I don't think they were paying attention. I mean, I I just don't think that they were. I think that the only way, Jim, is if they if perhaps Perhaps they didn't know that 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 Hellebuck didn't have his helmet. I, I don't. I don't no, know what's going no on. There's no
2: way four officials on the ice don't see that. Well, they there's don't no see. Way. They don't maybe, see a puck maybe, the maybe one. Mesh. Maybe one or two, and it's the same with the puck. So look, I think. It, look, I've been on and on. Uh, on I was about, just appreciate being, it. i
0: was just losing it. I, I get. Pe- it. I
2: get. I get. Guys can have a bad game, just like a player can, but that's not a bad game. That's horrific, and. Uh, There, If there was ever a time that I would think that, uh, and look, I'm not trying to get anybody fired at all. I don't think they deserve to be fired, but I think some discipline has to come from this. And if the discipline is you're going to have a week off, I would be fine with that. Because you can miss plays, you can miss calls, like I said. You can't not know where the puck is. And you can't interpret a rule to the extent that you want a goalie without a mask facing a shot. If it's a tap in, if he's laying in the crease and somebody lifts it over him, I'll even give him if Hellebuck's laying in the crease, somebody taps the puck in and it hits him in the face, that that's an immediate and pending scoring opportunity. The puck going behind the net nullifies that. The first pass nullifies that. And the second pass nullifies that. Yeah. Make the call.
0: Make the call. I mean, I, I don't know why it even has to get to this point. I mean, I mean, there's just has, I would common say the same, same thing decisions. if it happened
2: in the Carolina Cal game. This isn't Homer, this isn't Hellebuck. I would be saying the same thing if it was Jake Ottinger at the other end of the net. How you let the play continue to a maskless goalie like that is. If, if is we're the, asking
0: uh, our net the netminders to face a, a ninety-five mile an hour slap shot with his forehead. I mean, we 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 are we are living in, and there's a lot of people. Like, I mean, after on the television broadcast, you said John Shannon, Craig Button was also saying something on TSN. These are people I have a lot of lot of respect for. They've taken me under their wing. They've they've really really done a lot for me um, in in my career. And I think they both would be the first people that would be hundred percent okay with me saying. I totally disagree with them. I totally disagree Cole, with them.
2: So let's do this, Kemp. Yeah. Say he gets up, and that shot hits him in the face.
0: Well, that's that's well, are, what are, was are a we very possible here, reality. Are we, all,
2: are we all sitting here today? That's the way they interpreted it when it when the play happened. So if that's the way it's supposed to be interpreted, are we fine with that? Is everybody fine with a goalie getting up and taking that shot in the face and whatever? Maybe he's just cut. Maybe. But maybe his nose is broken and he's out for six weeks. Maybe he gets it in the eye. Like, I'm sorry, that can't be the way it's meant to be. And so, and I was just happy a day later in a different game, it was called correctly.
0: Yep. I Yep, absolutely. Text message here is from everybody. Uh, This one from Peter. Uh, Hey, guys, uh, gentlemen, uh, big fan of the show was Pete. Uh, just uh, really, really appreciate what you guys are, are are doing and like the show. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. Really appreciate that. Uh, this one from Kevin: Dallas shoots the puck, deflects off a jet stick, hits uh, hits Helly in the head, knocks mask off. Is that the Jets player's fault who deflected the puck? Well, see, this is this is the ridiculous conversation that's been spurred by a real lack of common sense by the NHL officials there. And Jim, I've been saying this for a long time, is that I I, I don't see what the problem is, the NHL. Uh, calls out its players all the time. They'll 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 issue fines to coaches for calling out officials. Why can't the NHL come out on Saturday and said, "Wow, we made a really big mistake." Why why is that something that no professional sports league ever does? They never call out their officials publicly. I don't know why that is that that doesn't happen. Because I think it would really improve accountability. Because I think with all these video reviews and all this other stuff. And I got no proof to to back this up or anything like that. You hear some things here and there. But I think there's a lot of times the officials are like, you know, I don't really, you know, if something happens, you know, and I, and I miss it, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll just, it'll get figured out. We'll send it up to the booth and the guys are going to figure it out. And I, I, I just don't like that. If that's what's going on, I don't like it. I just don't like well, it. Well,
2: to me, to me, what has to come from this is that rule has to be worded differently. If Well, look, I, we're debating two things here. I don't think it was interpreted right. So the wording is fine as long as you know. But you just problem, get rid of the guess, word is, impending. Is that it's left, it's get left rid of the word. To,
0: don't have impending to, in there. It has to be immediate because if you leave the word impending, because as far as I'm concerned, the Dallas Stars could have passed the puck six more times. If that was considered independent, and Jim, I'll give you the last word. But oh, yeah, go. it's
2: not a delay, it's not a delayed penalty. So I just think, I think it was, I think the wording's fine. It was interpreted incorrectly, and there's another crew that interpreted correctly the next day. I just they had a rough night, and and that is being kind. That is again, like I said, I'll forgive a mistake. Players love it when a guy comes over and goes, "Sorry, I just missed it." That was horrific. On it Friday. goes a
0: long way. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Get you guys text messages on. Don't go anywhere
1: jets at noon on six eight
0: cjob well just getting right into a bunch of text messages for you guys uh, i want to make sure we get as many of these on as we can uh this texture says funny how the refs blew the puck dead when jake ottinger's pad came off but not helibuck's helmet Which another
2: another prime example of this crew
0: from friday yeah, yeah. just ridiculous um agree with you totally this is from another texter. could have been a career ending injury for hellebuck if he got up to make a save that's what he was doing on the ice he was protecting his head that's what was going on um he got hit the head in, in the in the in the head hard and he went down and tried to protect his head because listen people get punched and they fall the wrong way and that's it that's it
2: I I don't like he was fine and stuff, but I, I, I still don't think that that collision, if you see his neck snap back, that he's able to get up immediately. Yeah. And yeah. like, some people were saying that he wasn't even injured and blah, blah, blah. Get your head rammed into a post and your mask comes off and fall down and tell me if you get up. Like, yeah. I, I'm not saying he wasn't injured. He wasn't. And he continued the game. But like Kelly pointed out in the post game show, there's also like a lot of these injuries you don't, till the next day. And it's all of a sudden, man, I got yeah. a nonstop headache or th- that's not the point. The point is it was misinterpreted and it should have been blown dead. And the idea that you let this continue on at the risk of a guy facing a shot is asinine to me. Yeah, It's, it's, I have a major problem when easy calls are made more difficult. You're telling me Dallas what would a complain great about this. Like, are you telling on. me Dallas would complain about that if it was blown down? after their own goalie had their their pad come off and it was blown down
0: no they wouldn't you made this more difficult than it needed to be that's what's so upsetting about it jim that's what's so upsetting about it i, I can't say it any better than what you just said uh this texter says imagine for a moment the conversation that would take place at health book got up and got smashed in the face with a puck oh boy robert says hey cam robert here the whistle should have blown the second the goalie's math comes off jets at noon and on six eight cjob He was obviously shaken up by Ben driving his knee into his head, whether or not Morrissey pushed him. Ben knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, That should have been as much of the conversation. Have a good one. And this one as well. Good afternoon, Cam and Jim. Love the show every day. Just love, Cam, how passionate you are. I can't do it any other way. I'm just a nutcase. I'm a psychopath. There's nothing else I can do about it. Uh, But uh, this one from Jean-Marc, he says, if you have a rule that if the goalie loses his helmet, the whistle blows, then blow it. If our goalie got injured because he was hit in the face, it could be career-ending. There is no accountability for the referees. Um, Bob and Oak Bank. Jim, did you want to say something on that? we got another minute or so. No, I just, like I said, I mean, there's We're, times of, we're spinning I, our tires yeah, here. I mean, what else is yeah. to say, you know? Um, uh, Bob and Oak Bank says, I agree with everything you've said about the mistake. On the other hand, I'm guessing goalies will knock or shake their helmets off to stop play. And that was the point that John was bringing up. Well, there needs to be another rule in place then. Well, say, that's what I brought up. Like, I, I remember major, in playoffs, right, every four time, minutes. every time. Four minute penalty, double, double, like a double minor. If somebody There is a reason
2: why this rule is there. And it's because I remember a time when goalies were just, there'd be a scramble in front of their net and they would whip their head and the mask would come off. So there's a reason why this rule is there, but it was totally interpreted incorrectly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If a net minder does that four minute to double made double minor penalty, give them a four minute penalty. As far as I'm concerned, if somebody's taking advantage of that rule, that's a bunch of BS. Anyways, Sky Neller, thank you very much for producing the show today.